navigate the journey to becoming a great lawyer with expert guidance on topics that range from trial skills to corner office management. Here you will learn how to tap into your potential for legal greatness. I'm Andrew Smiley, and this is The Mentor, ESQ. Welcome to this very first premiere debut episode of The Roundtable on The Mentor ESQ podcast. I'm super thrilled that you've decided to join me on this new endeavor. And um, I would imagine that you have attended uh, some of my CLEs through the New York State Academy of Trial Lawyers, and uh, perhaps that's how you learned about this. But the, the way the roundtable had came about, this whole idea, was because I've been doing the CLE series, this um, seven-parter that's just about done next month. And um, through that, I've had great interactions with so many of the lawyers, and we've been averaging like a thousand lawyers a month on those programs. And I speak with everybody by phone, by email, by Zoom, and the feedback I get overwhelmingly is how much people are enjoying uh, being connected, you know, not just because it's the pandemic time and it's harder to see people in person, but even before the pandemic, it's very hard to get a community of you know, 500, 600, 1,000 lawyers all together to just exchange ideas and talk about what we do. So the idea of the roundtable, if you came for CLE, I apologize, you're not going to get it. Um, but um, the idea of this is to start a forum, a place where we can have discussions, things that affect all of us as attorneys, um, you know, whether it be in our personal life, how to manage things, whether it's in a specific situation at work or in a courtroom, but a forum where we can discuss ideas and, um, and we're going to play it as it goes. This is the very first one. So what we've done is asked those of you that wanted to be live to be panelists. Um, and we got a lot of great interest. So thank you for that. Um, not all of you who wanted to be a panelist uh, are on this very first episode because we wanted to keep it small. So um, I picked just a few. There's going to be six panelists joining me today. And I look forward to you hearing from all of them. And the idea is in future roundtable episodes to get everybody on, everybody that's interested in being a panelist. And to be a panelist, you just have to be you. You don't have to be, you know, someone that's tried a million cases or someone that has a super specialty in something. Uh, you just have to be a practicing lawyer with your background and your clientele and your story uh, and your concerns uh, and your guidance. We can all learn from each other. That's one thing that's become crystal clear. Uh, people learn some things from me, and I certainly learn a lot from younger lawyers, from more seasoned lawyers. So that's why we're here. So thank you for joining. Now, I'm going to introduce you to our panelists. I'll tell you everyone's name joining us today, and uh, then I'll ask them to introduce themselves for just a few moments, and then we're going to get into some topics. I have uh, four topics that I plan to throw out, and you'll stay tuned and hear what they are that we're all going to address, and um, I ask you to type things in the chat or the Q&A if you'd like to comment or throw out your question. Uh, a lot of people did at my request, and I thank you, submitted questions that they'd like addressed in the roundtable. A lot of them were actually more like CLE topics, how to get things into evidence. What do I think of this new statute that was passed and how does it apply? Things like that, that I think would be better off in a CLE setting where I'm you know, giving out information. So I tried to pick the questions and topics that I think we could all have a dialogue about, something we could chat about. Uh, and that's, I tied them into these four areas that we'll, we'll, we'll address. So right now, I'm going to pop everybody up on gallery view that's joining us as far as panelists. 
Uh, and I think we have four of us right now. Uh, there will hopefully be uh, two. Oh, there we go. There's Judith and Daniel. We're all here. Everybody, great. So um, if you're looking at your screen right now, uh, I'd like to introduce you. We have Sharon Kim, we have Katik Sanchez, Michelle Stern, who of course everybody knows, Earl Wilson, Daniel Kalish, and Judith Maxwell. And I'm so happy to have you all here as panelists on this debut episode because I've spoken with all of you. You are real life lawyers uh, who practice law, who have your own issues going on. Now, Michelle's a little unique because she is a lawyer um, and she deals with lawyers more than probably any of us do. And it's amazing how she does it. Um, and if you haven't yet, you got to listen to season two, episode two of my podcast, Roll with the Cowboys, because, you know, she's just she's beating everybody in the, in the ratings uh, on that. But let's start. I'm going to ask everybody to just briefly introduce yourself. Um, what you do, and then we're going to get into it and start talking some stuff, okay? So, um, Sharon, let's start with you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thanks, Andrew. It's an honor to be here. Uh, my name is Sharon Kim. I have a private practice downtown by the seaport at 111 John Street. I predominantly try cases for law firms and lawyers, so you can call me the hired gun, if you will. Uh, mostly personal injury, civil rights, um, and uh, medical malpractice cases. Thank you, Sharon, for joining us. Uh, Katik, welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself, please? Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm Katik Sanchez, KL Sanchez Law Offices. My office is located in Jackson Heights, Queens, one of the most diverse little cities in Queens. If you want good food, come to Jackson Heights. Um, I My practice is primarily plaintiff uh, personal injury. Uh, we do handle criminal and immigration matters. I've been on the plaintiff side, which is the good side, <laughs> um, since 2002 <laughs> as a paralegal and now as an attorney since 2017. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for having me. I'm looking forward to a great conversation with my panelists and attendees. Great. Thank you, Katik. Michelle, go ahead. Hey, everybody. My name is Michelle Stern. I am a lawyer, although I don't practice. I just run the Academy of Trial Lawyers. I used to joke that um, I was so smart, I found a way to be a lawyer without having clients. And now I have 4,300 lawyers and only lawyers, and I don't know what I was thinking. Um, so, um, but it's my pleasure to be here with you and with Andrew. It's fun to um, be in this chair instead of the MC chair. Um, so very happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Earl, please introduce yourself to everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, I, too, am very honored to be here. I look forward to great conversation as well. I am an attorney. I've been practicing for about 22 years in private practice completely. Um, I started out as a private practitioner. Um, uh, and um, my practice areas are a general practice. It does include personal injury, but it also includes trust in estates. It includes... Um, uh, boy, uh, you know, where, where can I get started? It includes trust in the state. Earl's freezing on us. Earl, you got to get that connection going. All right, so you're frozen for a moment. We'll circle back to you, Earl, and uh, we'll move on over to Daniel. Can you introduce yourself and just unmute yourself, please? Earl, you're still frozen. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, my name is Daniel Kalish, and I have watched your podcast, listened to your podcast episode with Michelle Stern. Yes, it's one of the top three of your episodes. 
Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say which of the top three, but I've been practicing since 1988 on my own. I started out in uh, a firm called Kellner and Kellner. A lot of you might not know of it because uh, it's a small firm, but it's uh, one of the top firms and it was then too. And I fell into personal injury by working with them. And that's what I focused on ever since plaintiff only. And uh, I've, I'm glad to be on this panel. And I've also been watching all the, um, the uh, practice uh, CLEs and trying a personal injury case. And you can learn from things like that, even after all the years of practice. And I learn every day something. And especially in those CLEs, they're terrific. Great. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Judith, if you could unmute yourself, please, and introduce yourself. Looking for the unmute button. And while you're doing that, Earl, you're back on, so why don't you just finish up? Yeah, I didn't know where I left off, but just, to, you know, real quick, uh, my, my area is, is really general, uh, you know, landlord, tenant, real estate. I do real estate litigation as well as real estate, real estate transactions um, and, and really try to service my clients in, in any way I can. And, and just to piggyback on what um, uh, Mr. Kalish just said, I mean, the CLEs are just awesome. And they really do refine the very areas that I'm, I, I really like and, and, and practice in. And so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't feel better about uh, being here and, and, and just, just you know, talking with everyone. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Earl. Uh, Judith, looks like you figured it. So uh, the floor is yours. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Judith Maxwell. I'm very pleased to be part of the panel. My specialty has been medical malpractice defense work for many years. I originally um, worked for one of the insurance companies, Warsaw, that insured all the doctors in the state of New York who needed insurance before I became an attorney. I became an attorney and I went to work for the Canterman firm, which specialized in medical malpractice. And um, then I, when that firm closed due to the death of uh, Larry Canterman, I went with Russo, Keen, and Toner, which is now Russo and Gould. And um, one of their specialties had been medical malpractice, but um, most of the clients have dried up. So now I am semi-retired and looking to um, do some work as a um, seasoned deposition taker in malpractice cases. Great. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's great to have such a diverse group of people for my uh, debut uh, webinar on the roundtable. And the goal is moving forward to keep bringing in different people, different practice areas, backgrounds, insurance claims adjusters, defense lawyers, plaintiffs, uh, different, different areas. So thank you all for being here. Um, and for those of you uh, who are interested, um, if you are joining us now live, uh, in about a week, uh, usually on Tuesdays is when we launch the, the new podcast on the webpage and it gets launched to Spotify and Apple and all of that. So in the podcast description, it'll be links to the Mentor ESQ site where it'll have all of our panelists' contact information. So if one of them you know, strikes a chord with you and you want to reach out to them, you'll be able to get everybody's information that you're listening to and hearing from today uh, on the website. Uh, if you're currently listening to this as a podcast, just go to the link in the description and you'll see all the panelists' information there. All right, so let's get started. 
started. Um, I'm going to bring up a topic uh, to start us off that I think is it's one of interest to me, and I'm really curious how our panelists think about it and, and for the participants. Again, feel free to chime in in the chat um, or the Q&A uh, and share your thoughts. Um, as lawyers, um, we usually are dealing with pretty stressful situations. Uh, it can be a stressful subject matter. Uh, it could be a stressful time in the firm that we're in. The people that we work with can stress us out. Uh, being on trial is very stressful. And uh, sometimes you get burnt out. You're, you've been, you're burnt out just as, even as a new lawyer with the, the lawyer being thrown of work. And as a lawyer uh, that's been practicing maybe for 10, 15, 20, in my case now, I just hit my 25 year mark. And, um, and a lot of people have asked questions about this and I'm curious about how people handle it as well. How do you handle the stress? Uh, how do you keep from getting burnt out? Um, do you get stressed? Do you get burnt out? Are you someone that it just all flows off? Um, and I'm curious how everyone does it to kick things off. Uh, you know, I think it's really important to have a healthy body and a healthy mind to be a good attorney. So what I do is I try and turn off when I can, when I go on vacation, like a true vacation, I put my phone away and I put out of office. I tell my clients I'm gone for a week and they're all happy to hear it and wish me a good trip. Um, you have to unplug somehow. And I try and do that when I can. On the weekends, I try. Of course, I'm always available to everyone if I need to be. Um, and then I try and do things. I like to, many of you know, I like to race uh, cars in my uh, simulator. So I do that several nights a week and it's like entering a whole new world and I'm not thinking about the law at all. Uh, I try and do outdoor gardening and I like to drive, uh, things like that. Uh, I exercise, I play tennis, uh, I lift weights. Um, I find that if you can do something that distracts the mind and that can benefit you uh, in a way that uh, physically you feel good and mentally you feel good, then you can jump back into work. And that's one of the ways that I manage it. Um, so why don't we kick it off with uh, Michelle? Uh, you know, you deal with a lot. Uh, many people don't know that Michelle is like managing, you know, thousands of lawyers and dealing with board members and presidents, past president like me, texting her 24-7. She's got a staff she's got to manage. How do you deal with it with a smile on your face all the time? So um, one of the things that I like to do to just sort of keep everything in perspective is that as, as crazy as things are, and especially during the pandemic, things have been nuts, we are very rarely dealing with life or death situations. So I do get, you know, a panicked phone call from attorneys at least once a week. Ah, oh, I forgot all, I didn't do any of my CLE credit, my birthday is coming. Nobody's gonna die, you're gonna be fine. And just sort of keeping it in perspective, you're, you know, it's okay. You're going to get your online CLE. We're going to take care of you. It's going to be fine. Just sort of taking it back a notch and, and realizing that for, you know, a, a lot of you guys deal with far more stressful situations than I do. It's one of the reasons I didn't uh, want to be a real lawyer. Um, <laughs> um, but um, for the most part, things like can be dealt with. And if you just take a quick step back, it's all good. Um, I like to treat all people like they're people. I know that kind of sounds a little ridiculous, but I deal with judges that are at the very sort of top of the judicial food chain, court of appeals judges, all the way, quote unquote, down to, you know, more lowly rank and file folk, right? Um, and they're all just people. And lots of times I get, you know, oh, it's, 
it's scary to talk to the judges. Like the judges are just, they're just real people. And I have a very, like everybody at their core is just a person. And if you just take it back a couple steps and take some deep breaths, you can, you can talk to anybody, you can talk through anything. So just sort of like taking a few steps back is good. Um, for my own mental health and sanity, um, I, you know, I, I guess unlike Andrew, I sometimes think an unhealthy body is good. I, I'm all for, you know, so we're our true trial or executive director, right? Like have a glass of wine. If it makes you feel better, drink up. Um, and you know, I um, I also really like to unplug. I'm very lucky to have a house in the Adirondacks that my parents have, and there's no internet there. And I love um, heading up into the woods and nature bathing in the trees and, you know, looking at the sunset and that kind of thing. For That's awesome. Slivers That's of awesome. How's Thank that? you. That's started. great. Thank you for sharing that. Now we're going to shift gears from you to um, Sharon Kim. And Sharon has actually told me that she's she's tried four or five cases this year. Uh, and I don't know anybody else that's tried cases this year. That's pretty amazing. And as trial lawyers, you know, I'm sort of cursed because I'm good at trying cases, but I hate it because you know, it's just a nightmare of scheduling and prepping and it ruins all your plans and it, you know, it affects your home life. How do you deal with that stress when you're, especially as a per diem, when you're trying cases for someone else and they're dropping this file in your lap and you're like, go, go, and they're expecting you to do well. How do you manage the stress that must come your way? So first of all, and thank you again, Andrew, but first of all, I think this year, um, I'm so much less stressed than before. I was actually more stressed when we were shut down for a year and a half and the cases are not going to trials. Um, so I think I'm starting off very grateful that the courts are open, that they are doing trials, that the jurors are, are coming to court and listening to their summons and you know doing their civic duty. So um, at this point, even though I tried, uh, I picked five jur juries uh, in five different cases, and I tried for two verdicts with one settling, I was so very thankful that we got the opportunity to do it. And, you know, there's only so much paperwork and discovery work and motions that you could do sitting at your, uh, your home office or your virtual office and doing these depositions. So I really thought of it as a blessing, but prior to the pandemic, um, <clears throat> I always take an hour lunch away from my desk. Um, I love, you know, Wherever I'm at right now, I'm at the seaport. There's nice restaurants out. I just need that on a daily basis, whenever I can and I have the time to, I will step away from my desk, leave, go outside. If it's a beautiful day, I'll sit outside somewhere and have a nice lunch for an hour. And do I think you that's look at your phone during lunch and respond to emails and texts or do you? I do not. I will. I, everybody knows not to call me during my lunch hour. My staff, they'll take messages from me, whether it's from 12 to 1 or 1 to 2. And I love that. And I think it's so important just to get a perspective that it's not all about cases all the time and trials all the time. And, yeah. um, and then on weekends, I love to golf and uh, ski. So when the weather's nice, I go golfing on weekends. And when the, when the weather's cold, I like to go skiing. And I think it's so important to travel, like you said, to have a week or two. I usually go on vacations when the judges are on vacation. So like the last two you know, weeks of August, I have a, tra a trip planned when I know that the courts are going to be basically shut down and it's slow. So, you know, I think the balance, like you said, you know, uh, 
activities. I don't really work out at the gym, but, you know, golfing and skiing are pretty uh, strenuous. So uh, to have a good body and mind, I agree with you, Andrew, is very important, especially with what we do. Yeah, that's great, Sharon. Thank you for sharing that. And just to touch on the point of, I think it's pretty awesome that you shut uh, down for an hour for lunch each day. Back uh, pre-pandemic, I would go to the gym uh, often during during the day. I had an Equinox right next to my office. So I'd leave my phone in the locker. I'd do whatever I did for yoga or class or just lift weights. And, um, and it really helps. And it's so hard to do. It's so hard to unplug these days for all of us. You know, the cell phone is a great thing, but, you know, I finally learned to like turn off that little buzz that happens when you get an email about a year ago, uh, because every time I'm checking my phone and it's important for all of us as lawyers to remember that like people can wait. Okay. People can wait. And I have to remind myself that every day I say, Oh, I got to get back to this person. Oh, you see it's something pressing or it's a big case or whatever, but like people can wait. And we have to remind ourselves of that, that like that things can be put off for a little while and we have to make, make strides to do that. So thank you, Sharon. Um, let's go to uh, Judith. Um, Judith, you've been, you know, doing med mal defense uh, for a long time and that's pretty stressful stuff. You've got insurance adjusters that want results. You've got very difficult clients. I know from my colleagues that do med mal defense work. Um, you've been practicing law for a long time. Have you ever gotten burnt out and been like, why am I doing this? Or have you managed a way to keep at it without getting burnt out? I've never felt burnt out, but I think I have frequently felt, you know, stress from just what you said. I've had um, claims examiners in the courtroom when we're trying to, um, settle a case and you know, with med mal you usually have co-defendants and i've had cases where i would say don't make an offer we're doing great and the claims man claims person would say i'm scared let's settle let's get out of this and um usually i was right because we would speak to the prospective jurors and after the case was settled and they would come back and say, we thought you were the only non-liable party. You you know, your experts were great. You, everything went in well. Um, and that's, that can be very stressful and um, a little bit upsetting. But what I find in general is that if you tackle the most difficult situation first, everything else is downhill and becomes a little bit easier. And the yeah. other thing I do is I have pictures of my grandkids and I look at them when I'm getting stressed, whether it be on the, uh, my screen on my iPhone or at my desk. And um, that usually brings a smile to my face. That's awesome. That's a great thing that you raise. I mean, there are little things we can do in life. And one of the things we all have in common, at least those of us that handle cases where involving injury or death or people that are sued and in bad situations because of that is that we see there's a lot of bad stuff out there. So we have to treasure, you know, the good stuff we have and, and realize work is work, stress is stress, but we have to savor. And you looking at your grandkids, you know, what more do you need to remind you of what's important? And, um, and also to touch on the fact for, we have a lot of plaintiff's lawyers um, that tune into a lot of my CLEs because I'm a plaintiff's lawyer. And I can't stress enough the importance of making friends 
with your adversaries. And if they're not an adversary in a case, make friends with defense lawyers, because as plaintiff's lawyers, many of you don't may not know the stresses that defense lawyers have. They're not always your enemy. I mean, they're getting hit by their clients, by the carrier, by you beating them up, by everything. And it is tough. It is tough on defense lawyers. And um, and so it helps to see that perspective from the other side and what they're dealing with. And the best thing you can do, what I try and do is feel that and help them out. Be like, hey, what can I do to help you move your case, to help you look good for your carrier and get the case resolved? And I get a usually pretty good response from that. So um, thank you, Drew, for sharing that insight. Let's let's go on to um, Earl. Earl, tell us, um, tell us how you manage um, your work-life balance, because I think that ties into all of this. We all want to work hard and do well, but we want to enjoy our family, our life, our personal time. What do you do for that? Yeah, I think the basis for me is family. I mean, I, I was blessed about five years ago to get a younger child. I have two older children. And so uh, just being with her um, is enough to relax me. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, started practicing law uh, right out of, not directly from law school, but certainly I never worked for anybody else before I started my practice. So my idea has always been that my office is, is available to help people. Um, and I, I help my clients. I mean, my clients are, you know, you know, our clients are, are not necessarily friends, but <laughs> they certainly are people that are in need. And so my uh, stress levels usually come from when I don't get a chance to do certain things like, like, for instance, you know, the, the, the typical stress of not doing something on time or you feel that you're, you know, you got a statute that you got to match, you got a motion date that you got to approach. Those are the, those are my stresses. And obviously there's natural stresses that go with that and that you have to perform in order to make all of those deadlines. Once I'm in that mode, though, I pretty much enjoy what I do. And so when it comes to relaxing, you know, with my family, um, with my, my child, with my significant other, going on vacation, which we try to do every year before COVID, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and that was, that, that was enough time to decompress because I am, I'm basically a workaholic. I, I would work every single day if I could. And so I sometimes have to pull back and it's great to have a family that allows me to, to do that, to, to, to really enjoy those, uh, those times when, when I'm not, you know, worried about my clients or picking up every phone call. Um, and so that's usually the way that I, um, I decompress. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and something that you touched on that Judith just touched on as well, which I find helps also, is there's always that thing that we're worried about, right? Whether it's this case or it's a client or it's an issue. And it sounds like what both of you just shared is that when you tackle that and you deal with that face on and get it dealt with, you can relax. And it makes so much sense because generally the natural, I think, inclination for all of us is, oh, I can't deal with this motion. I just, I don't want to deal with it. Or this lawyer or this client, I just, I can't deal with it. And I know I need to write him back or I know I need to do something. But once we just roll up our sleeves and do it, ah, right, we can, we can relax. We've dealt with the difficult issue. Mm -hmm. So the new thing I've been doing is like, I wake up early in the morning. I like hop right on my computer. I like get done all the stuff that I've been like not able to sleep about. And I feel so much better. And that ties in with my mantra. Hopefully some of you know my mantra by now. Preparation, preparation, preparation. You're prepared. You get things done. 
It's going to bring your stress level down. It's when it's those things out there that you don't know about or that you do know about that you're procrastinating or don't want to deal with. That's going to cause the stress. So thank you for bringing that out to our attention. Um, I'm going to move on now to uh, Katique. Share with us whatever you'd like to. I mean, what we're talking about now is work-life balance, uh, quality of life, uh, managing stress, managing burnout, healthy mind, healthy body. How do you, what do you bring behind the scenes to make you a better person, to be a better lawyer? So I'm a little different compared to all the other panelists. I'm a newbie attorney. I just opened my practice about a year and a half ago and about four months of it was the pandemic. So I have two stresses. I have the stress of an attorney to move my cases forward and the stress as a business business, business person. I need to generate cases. I need to find cases and that sort. Um, what I do to manage my stress levels for both aspects of my practice is I try to disconnect. Um, like Sharon said, I take an hour lunch break. I tell my staff, do not bother me this one hour unless someone's dying. <laughs> do not interrupt my lunch hour. Um, what I also do is um, I wake up really early. I do a quick workout in the morning to get my juices flowing. Um, and the night before I do a to-do list, because like I said, I just opened my practice. I don't, maybe other attendees here are also solo practitioners. I try to do a to-do list the night before of everything I need to do, whether it be moving a case forward as an attorney's head or business aspects of networking and meeting other professionals to get more, to generate business. So those are the two tasks. Like you said, a healthy body, try to work out, um, you know, during the pandemic, I did like a lunch hour workout. You just need to disconnect sometimes and remember I love what I do. You know, I never have a day that I'm like, damn, I picked the wrong career. I should have been a doctor. You just got to disconnect any type of job. There's stress. You just got to disconnect and remember why you got into this practice as Earl said is to help people. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm so glad you brought up the to-do list. I encourage everybody to have that, to have some type of checklist. Um, I used to be all kinds of stressed out and I'd be with my wife and she's like, what's the matter? I'm like, Oh, I just have, I have so many balls in the air right now. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, and she's like, listen, take a deep breath, write it all out, write it all out on a list, show up tomorrow, put that list on your desk and start checking things off and getting through it. And I have to tell you, that was a game changer for me. And, um, and I'm a pretty organized person, but I would never think of that. You know, I'm like, what? I've got so many things that come up, but um, it gets you back on track because I'm sure all of us have that experience where, you know, we're working on task A at the moment. Oh, I've got to type a letter out. The phone rings and it's God knows what, but it's something that you've got to deal with and you get totally taken off track. And sometimes you can't circle back or don't remember to. And um, that's what we deal with, right? As lawyers, we're always juggling uh, things. So those lists are really, really helpful. So if you find that um, you're not using those and you're concerned and you are having stress about managing whatever it is, business, work, personal, throw it on the list. I use, um, nowadays I use my Outlook calendar. So like where I would put appointments in, you know, where I have a free block of time that I know is just going to be sort of like work time where I'm not on Zooms or conferences or something. I'll, um, I'll type in that like, you know, to-do list right in there between nine and 10. And then I'll keep moving the undone things to like another time or another day. Uh, and I think that's a good way. I think the organization ties in with preparation. It's all connected, right? I actually like writing it down because once I'm done, I love 
crumpling up the paper and throwing it away because I feel like I'm accomplished all my tasks for the day. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Um, well, thank you, Katik, for sharing that with us. Uh, Daniel, you're up. I think uh, you're the panelist that we haven't heard from yet. Uh, I know from speaking with you, you have a lot of experience uh, as an attorney and uh, in life. And uh, share with us your thoughts uh, on any of what we've been talking about on this to topic. Okay. One thing I thought resonated with me was your talking about the body and the mind. You can't really separate the two and, and ignore one and think the other is going to be all right. And uh, I used to play tennis uh, three, four times a week in the nice weather and two times a week in the winter indoors. I had an injury that I had to stop playing. So now, and then I started going to the gym instead. Didn't like that. So I now hike. I walk and I hike. And I try to do that uh, four times a week when I can. Sometimes it's two or three. And it really does help a lot. And another thing that helps is meditation. I know um, one of the CLEs that um, the, the academy had, uh, somebody did uh, do meditation at the beginning. And it, it's a good practice to do every day if you can, even if it's just five minutes. And that helps. Um, you got to keep in mind why you're doing this. And we all said we want to help our clients and we can't help our clients if we're not helping ourselves to be capable of doing the job. So we have to have a sound mind and a sound body. Also, um, the to-do list is a good idea. I use an agenda and it's printed out by my paralegal on a daily basis. And then I write down it's done, it's not done, and you know, I write changes, additions in it, give it yep. back to her, she prints it out and gives it to me, and that helps. It also helps to have a paralegal that you can rely on or a staff that you can rely on, and I'm very fortunate that I do. I have, I have an office manager, a paralegal, and a scheduling person. Fortunately, I only have to pay one salary because they're all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I, you know, I'm a big tennis player as well, so I appreciate that. And uh, and I know my father, uh, who's still playing tennis regularly, multiple days a week, turning age 83. And when he ever has like an injury or something that keeps him off the court, it, it affects him mentally. You know, he's not as energized as he is when he's able to get out there, feel good running around. So we can't stress that enough. And normally when we're dealing with like a cranky lawyer on the other side, you know it's not because we didn't supplement our bill of particulars in time for them. You know when they're getting all cranky with you and rude and whatever else, you know, poor person. They've got something going on in their life. And if they took time for self-care, they'd be a better lawyer. And our profession would be better if all of us took care of ourselves. I mean, I'm sure every one of you knows an unhealthy lawyer. And that certainly is affecting their practice and their representation of their clients. As far as meditation, I've, I've, um, I've spent time meditating as well. And if anybody's interested in it, I know sometimes it feels like, oh, come on, that's like out there stuff, who meditates, you know, but there's something called Headspace, which is an app you can download. It's like, you know, $9.99, uh, you know, a month or free trials. And they have five minute, one minute, 10 minute. And basically, for those who don't know, meditation is primarily focusing on breath 
and breathing and just taking time to let your body, you know, flow and focus and try and clear your mind. It's really helpful. I, I would do that sometimes when I'm on trial. Uh, I would just shut my door and sit in my office sometimes and throw the app on. So meditation is not something you need to go seek out a guru in Tibet uh, up on the top of a mountain to do. It's accessible to all of us. So if you're listening to us right now, all of our, all the panelists and saying, you know, what are these people talking about? You know, try and maybe uh, explore it. Oh, and uh, Michelle just put up something about a five minute easy meditation. Thank you, Michelle, um, which is pretty cool. So these are really helpful. And I think it's really important. This is exactly what I want from the round table. I want to hear what we're all doing. You know, I mean, the work's the work and we have our CLEs and we have it, but we're a community of a thousand strong lawyers here that um, we've all got a lot going on behind the scenes. And it's really important that we share with each other and that you know that you're not alone. You know, someone may look at me and say, oh, Andrew, he's on these CLEs. He does all this. How's he key? He doesn't look stressed out, you know, but yeah, I've got my stresses. So, but I have to manage them. And so I want to share with how I do that so that everybody um, can share as well and, and we can help each other out. Um, I'm going to switch over to the next topic now. So I had, uh, my goal was to go over four different topics, but uh, I'm seeing the time and uh, we got 20 minutes left. So we're going to just go right to my last topic because I'm enjoying all the panelists talking uh, and I'm glad all the participants seem to be hanging in there. We're going to do a, a pretty hard stop around two o'clock and I'm sure there'll be a lot more to hear and talk about, but that's what next month's roundtable will be uh, all about. And this next topic is what is everybody doing to build their brand to build their practice, to build their business? Are you networking? Are you marketing? What are you doing to network? What, what kind of marketing are you doing? Is it helping? Do you like what you're doing? Or do you feel you're spinning your wheels? Are uh, the things you like or the things you don't like? Uh, do you not care about marketing one way or another? So um, I'm gonna kick it right off to the panelists and we'll try and go through if everyone could spend maybe like, just like two or three minutes, because maybe two minutes, I know it's kind of short, but I'd like to hear from everybody. Uh, and let's, uh, let's go in reverse order here. So um, Daniel, why don't you kick it off? Uh, what do you do as far as getting business, networking, marketing, any of that? I'm gonna tell you what I used to do first. Okay. Yellow pages. That doesn't work anymore, obviously, for obvious reasons. So I realize- Pratik, have you even heard of yellow pages? Do you even know what that is? It used to be a very thick book with everybody's phone number and address in it, and including businesses, and people would go to it to find a lawyer, but no more. Now they go to the internet or more often maybe or equally, they go to somebody they know who's had a case. My main source of, of uh, clients now is referrals. I have tried some of these so-called search engine optimization or internet marketing services. I haven't found them very useful. I know that there are firms that find them very useful in getting a lot of clients from them who are spending you know, upwards, some of them, upwards of seven figures a year. And that's what you're competing with if you try to use that as a way of getting clients. My main source is referrals, and um, it, it works to a degree. I, I don't have as many cases as I did when the Yellow Pages was working well 20, 30 years ago, and uh, even up to 15 years ago, it was working well. Being on the cover of it, it, it having you know bigger ads, full-page ads, but now it's mostly from referrals, and I also you know speak to other attorneys. I have attorneys who don't do personal injury refer cases to me 
because they know that they're going to not uh, have to worry about their referral fee. And they know that it's going to be handled in a way that they'll be happy with. So it's that's the main source for me. That's great. And, you know, there's nothing uh, better than a referral because it just it says that someone thinks highly of you and trusts you to send somebody your way. And the only way you're going to get referrals is from you know, interacting with people and there's nothing wrong with asking for referral folks. You know, I do it, uh, you know, when I'm doing my CLEs, everybody knows, I always say, I'm here. If you want to refer a case to me, if it's something that you feel is outside your wheelhouse or you want to get a bigger firm behind you involved and team up, um, I like to give out referrals for cases that I'm not taking. And uh, there's no reason to, to hide from it. That's part of our business. We, you know, there's a giver's gain type theory. You give, you get, you know, it's all part of the networking. So thank you for sharing that. Um, there's nothing better than a referral and there's no referral better than from a former client. Exactly. Or an adversary. You know, we get referrals from adversaries uh, and that's a, that's a very big compliment when an adversary uh, refers a case to you. So um, going back in reverse order, I think um, maybe was it Earl? Uh, we'll go to you, sir. I think it might be Katik, but I'm not sure. Ah, Katik. All right. So let's go to Katik. Katik, uh, what do you do as a young lawyer uh, and you're trying to build your practice? So I use Google, which I maybe is the equivalent to Yellow Pages, um, Google reviews. Um, every time I have a client, once I'm done with their case, I send them a link, put a review, a five star. And I've gotten clients from that. They say, oh, based on your reviews, I went with you. Cool. And after meeting with them, they came with me. Another thing is very active on social media. Um, Facebook, uh, I post maybe every other day just so people see it a regular my name my firm's name and also referrals word of mouth from former clients from friends and family and also other attorneys who don't do pi and they know me from years back and feel comfortable referring a case to me and do you feel good about what you're doing do you feel that you're 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 building your your new practice yes like i said because most of maybe my newer clients they say they found me via google based on the reviews or someone recommended me based on a past experience from a prior client. Great. Now, um, I would take up way too much time to talk to everybody now about my marketing experience and trials and uh, successes and failures, but uh, I would encourage you if, it's, if you're interested in learning more about how to market yourself um, on no budget to a larger budget. Uh, I did uh, my very first season of the Mentor Podcast, which you can find at the website here, the Mentor ESQ. Uh, season one, episode three was with Brian Cristiano. He's my chief marketing officer and the CEO of a big marketing company. And uh, it's really good. It talks about what you're saying, social media, you know, just you've got to bring your message to where potential people are. And uh, if they have their phones and Instagram all the time, it's not much for you to post so they know what you do. Um, um, you know, people from your high school or your law school, or your neighborhood or where your kids go to school, they may not even know what type of law you do or that you're a lawyer. So if there's ways you can put yourself out there. It's really important. But that's a good episode to listen to, to give people uh, ideas for marketing. Um, uh, Earl, do you do things to build your brand, your reputation in the community to help you get business? Do you do you market? What do you do? Well, you know, I, I really don't do much. I mean, I get most of my cases by referral has been that way for most of my time in practicing and it's from former clients and it's from adversaries as you mentioned earlier and it's from uh, clients who refer some other people and sometimes people will call me I can't even remember who it was that you know that was my my client before and they end up being very very good clients so I'm very very fortunate 
Um, I've never tried any of the other uh, stuff. Katik, uh, you know, you you're you're the new. You're still like the new kid on the block. You know, you're, you're showing <laughs> us other ways that that we can do things. Uh, because the other ways, newspapers and all those kind of things were not really for me. They were like people trying to just shop around. And so the best way. Um, that we can, I think, as attorneys, a uh, uh, work is is through the referral, and that's pretty much what I do. Good for you. I think that the the longer you're practicing, obviously, the more time you have to build your referral base, uh, and it does take time uh, if you're starting new because you um, you don't have a reputation yet, you don't have a huge list of past clients. But it sounds like what Katik's doing, she's doing it the right way. You're building it, uh, and. What's hard to understand as a younger lawyer, someone new to the profession, is that the, the, the bricks that you lay now are going to build so that by the time you have been practicing 25 years, you are going to have those cases from 20 years ago where someone's going to reach out to you. Um, so if it's starting off strong, which in, as Katik is expressing it is for her, which is awesome, you know, it's think about what it's going to be like 10 years from now or 15 years. You're just going to keep building. You just got to you got to keep at it. Uh, because if you take the foot off the gas a little bit, you know, uh, someone may may get to know somebody else a little bit better and start referring to them. So you got to keep those clients in the know, uh, the people that are your referral source. Don't forget them. Reach out to them regularly. Uh, make sure they know you're still there. You still want to do work. You're still there for referrals. You know, you still want people to think about you. Like I said, don't be shy about asking. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. You should feel confident in your abilities and telling people that this is how I work and I prefer to get business that way. So Earl, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, Judith, how have you uh, found that you've gotten, uh, and I know you've been on the defense side, but as far as if you need to get a carrier as a client, um, what in your experience has worked best for you to try and keep business getting? Basically, it's been through LinkedIn. I have a profile on there and um, that's where we've gotten business or where I've gotten business and my old firm has gotten business. That's great. Yeah. A lot of people use LinkedIn now, you know, I mean, it's really, really popular uh, and it's a great way to um, learn about someone. You can see their education, their network, what they do. You can post stuff on there. So everybody should have a LinkedIn profile and make sure to connect with people. You know, that's very important. Anything else that you want to share in your experience is good for getting business or building your reputation. Um, just phone calls to more frequently, um, former adversaries, because you're correct that, um, defense and plaintiff's attorneys who see each other on lots of cases tend to become friendly. Yeah. And, um, I have had referrals that way. Especially if you do per diem type work. Uh, there's a gentleman that, uh, I started to see one year who kept showing up on behalf of defense firms and like auto cases to take the deposition uh, of the, my client, the plaintiff. And I was like, wow, this guy's good. He doesn't mess around. He doesn't, you know, spend three hours asking who your sister's cousin's brother goes to as a <laughs> pharmacist, you know? And uh, he got the questions that he needed to get answered. He got in and out. I was like, this guy's good. So after like the third time, I was like, hey, do you do per diem for plaintiff side too? He's like, oh yeah, I'll take a deposition. I do, you know, any auto accident, I can do that in my sleep. So 
he gave me his card and for years thereafter, you know, I've used him to cover things. So it's a really great way. Um, and I encourage everybody that if you meet with a per diem, either in court or in a deposition or even a Zoom deposition, get their information. If they do a nice job, you know, give them some business. Uh, it can flow back to you. So that's a it's a great point, Judith. So thanks for um, thanks for sharing your experience with us. Um, I think uh, it's um, Sharon's time now. You there? Now, I know you got to unmute yourself, Sharon. Yes. I know you're doing something to get all this business thrown your way. And, uh, and maybe it's just trying great cases and the word spreading. But I have a feeling there's a little bit something else you might be doing to try and bring in uh, all these cases that you've got. So I'm horribly embarrassed to say that I don't have a website. Um, so all of my referrals are word of mouth. Um, <clears throat> so I've been in the business for 21 years, 11 years as an attorney. Um, a lot of my referrals are former employers that I worked for. When they realized that I started my own practice and they have, you know, every law firm has surplus of trials, right? They can't be, they don't have enough attorneys to try uh, every single case, especially once it starts getting busy. And I think one of the reasons why I got busy uh, right after COVID is because of a lot of the attorneys are away. They're still down in Florida or wherever they, they, they bunker down. Um, and I'm here. I am in the city. I, I actually did not miss a day of work uh, during the whole pandemic. So I was very, um, uh, we had a great virtual, uh, I have a great virtual staff still and some that are coming in now. And, um, you know, they're kind of like my trial prep team. Even though I'm a solo, I have a dozen staff that does all of my trial prep. Everything from, you know, the voir dire questions, researching uh, motions in limine, all the way down to the PJI charges and the verdict sheet. So great. I have a very, very good system in place where attorneys know that they could call me on a Friday and I can literally work up a case and go try it on Monday. Um, so I've been kind of the person that has been, you know, working constantly, uh, you know, people call me about what the COVID uh, trial procedures are like. And from the group of attorneys that I work with and law firms that I work with, um, you know, they're constantly giving me trials on a, on, a, on a basis where I don't even need an attorney. But I also find because my clients are not, you know, the people that are looking at yellow pages or Google or the like, my clients are other law firms and lawyers. Uh, so I like to do a lot of the bar association dinners you know, pre-pandemic, um, I'm pretty, very active in, you know, all the city bar, the New York bar. I love the Academy of Trial Lawyers. Uh, so, you know, whenever there's CLEs and, you know, that, that I could be in person and give out a stack of business cards and even this event, Andrew, which is great, and you get the opportunity to meet lawyers and they remember me and say, hey, you know what, I have this case coming up, but I'm going to be doing another. And when I have this conflict, Hopefully they will remember my name and give me a call. So I do very much in-person marketing. That's awesome. That's great. And look, you know, the proof is in the pudding. As they say, you're trying cases, you're getting the firm's results, so they're going to keep using you. And I think that's a, it's a great way. There's, we all have things that we do that we're perhaps better at or more comfortable with or spend more time and, and have more information and knowledge on how to handle. So it's important and you seem to have a great niche in handling per diem trials for these firms and they know they can count on you. Um, so we each have our own you know, special sauce and you, you need to let people know what your special sauce is so when they're, they need it, they know who to call. So that's great, Sharon, thank you. Uh, Michelle, um, 
you're not practicing law, but <laughs> you are constantly, constantly working to get new members to the academy, to get new sponsors to the academy, to get people to understand the value of bar organizations uh, in general and even in a COVID time. Um, what do you find is the best way for getting either people involved or sponsors involved or lawyers to join the board or become more, more involved? What, what, are, what are your tricks that you use, if any? Uh, I lure them in. Um, <laughs> I, um, well, I think bar associations provide a huge opportunity and not just the academy. I think all bar associations, local bars, um, specialty bars, uh, diversity bars, like whatever you're, wherever you feel comfortable. So if you're, you know, a matrimonial attorney, join the matrimonial bar. If you're, you know, a Puerto Rican lawyer, join the Puerto Rican bar. If you're a trial lawyer, certainly join the academy. Um, or join all of them, like join four, join five, the more the better. Uh, bar associations do a really wonderful job of connecting lawyers. There's no how, do you convince, how do you convince lawyers to join bar associations? Ah, you give them lots of the goods. So at the academy, especially right now, we're doing free CLE for members and non-members. So it's a little bit of a wrinkle, right? Like, why should I join if I can get the goods for free? Um, obviously, we give a little bit more of the goods for free to, to members, like they can access all of our courses on demand. Um, but I believe in sort of putting the goods out there and putting goodwill out there and getting the information out there for the attorneys. So for the Academy, it's been running really timely important programming on things that people really care about. That's what drives them. So we just did a CLE last week on Friday on the new power of attorney form that went into effect on Sunday. That's the kind of thing that like people need to know that on Monday morning, they need to start using a new form and they need to know the ins and outs of it. So just making sure that that really relevant timely info is at their fingertips so that they learn to come to us as the source where, 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 the best info is, the most timely info is, and we try to push it out all the time. So that's what I think makes a difference and makes people want to join. And then they want to be part of our bar um, because membership isn't just like paying a price to get a service. It really is sort of putting, putting yourself on the line and saying like, yeah, I want to be part of the Academy. I want to be an Academy member. I want to be engaged and involved. I want to be educated. So I'm showing up to CLEs, but there's so many places where you can also really dive in. I mean, Andrew has dove all the way in, but um, you don't have to go quite into a, a seven-part CLE series for us to um, to write an article that we publish. We do court updates. Um, we're working on some new newsletter stuff. We're doing a YouTube channel, so there'll be opportunities to post the little tidbits and tricks via video or on social media. So, like, there's plenty of places um, and entryways to get yourself engaged and involved in the Academy. And it's a really fun network. I mean, you've got people from all across New York State. Um, you know, any of our members can tell you if you email me, if like, oh, I suddenly have a case. I live on Long Island, but somebody called me and they know somebody in Buffalo. Yeah. I don't know anybody in Buffalo. What do I do about that? If you call me, I'll be happy to connect you to somebody in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so we have a, there's a, you know, an unofficial referral thing that happens in the academy. People meet each other and- yeah. 
And that's how it happens. Well, I think you touched on something that's really important. If you show your value mm. to your potential uh, source that you want to attract. So if the Academy is showing its value to lawyers as to why you would want to be a part of it, if Earl is showing to the lawyer uh, down the block from him that he sees every day, what he brings to the table different than others and show his value, he's going to get those referrals. So it's really important that we all self-reflect a little bit on what we think we really bring to the table, either to another lawyer, to a firm, to a client, uh, whatever it is, and put that out there, you know, you and use it proudly. You know, when people interview me and my firm for a potential case, and they're, you know, we're a small operation, we're four lawyers. And then if they're saying, well, what's the difference between you and one of my competitors that has 30 lawyers, some people just like a big firm, but I use it to my advantage. I say, listen, you're gonna be dealing with me. You know, we all know your case. Everybody in my office is going to know who you are. And it's small, but that's a good thing from our perspective. So you have to show what's good about you. Now, if you're with the big firm, you say, listen, we've got resources. We've got lawyers to write briefs. We've got lawyers to get a memo of law like this. I mean, whatever it is, you need to highlight what's good. So I thank you for sharing that. And how fast an hour does go. Um, you know, there's so many things to talk about. And uh, I'm really, I appreciate the panelists joining me. You know, this is a work in progress. I think it was a really great hour of, you know, chatting uh, and expressing some thoughts and ideas. Uh, I did see someone, we just had one thing put in the chat where someone was talking about how uh, at the Q&A, how judges, we would just wish they had a little bit more empathy from what we're all going through. And I agree with that completely. I mean, the good judges get uh, what we're doing with. The good judges have been practitioners. They understand what we're dealing with, with scheduling, with clients, with uh, issues, uh, and they work with you on it. And the, But you're not always going to get a judge that's going to work with you, and that's what we have to do. And we can't get freaked out or stressed out if we get put under the gun for something because the judge isn't being what we think is fair. I mean, that's part of what we have to handle. You just do the best you can. That's all we can do. But as far as the roundtable, um, moving forward, uh, everyone's going to get a survey uh, that's uh, participated today. And I thank you so much. And um, I haven't created the survey yet. It'll probably go out within the week, but I'd appreciate if you look at it and it'll just be something easy to click on, uh, asking for some feedback of what we can do to make things better. Uh, and just to, you know, make this a community where we can all meet up once a month and throw out some topics that we can all talk about. I'm going to have different panelists. Our panelists today were awesome. Thank you all. Um, and uh, But we're going to get a fresh group each time and just start hearing and meeting everybody. Now you're going to go out to a courthouse and you're going to be see Sharon there. Be like, hey, I was on, you're on the round table. I mean, it's another way we can start meeting each other and uh, sharing ideas and thoughts. So please continue to email me. You can still go to the Mentor ESQ roundtable page. Uh, it's going to have all of today's panelists and topics up and uh, you'll be able to contact everybody. You can always reach out to me, as you know, and uh, we'll look forward to another roundtable next month and uh, keep sending ideas, topics, and let me know if you want to come on live as a panelist now that you see what's involved. Uh, sorry, you guys can't speak more. I, you know, we can go on and on. Uh, I know I can go on and on. We all know that, but um, it's important that we get to it and we chat about things. There's so much more to talk about today. I wanted to talk about speak, what it's like to speak with jurors after a, a verdict. Um, how do we assess cases uh, from the plaintiff and defense and carrier side for value, for settlement, 
uh, deciding on what kind of limits we're dealing with. How does that affect things? So we didn't get to those today, but maybe next time there's lots of stuff to talk about. Please continue to bring your energy. Please continue to be part of this community. Uh, and uh, please check out the podcast, The Mentor ESQ. Just go to thementoresq.com. A lot of them are video. They're all audio. Um, you can subscribe. And it's CLEs. It's cool interviews. If you have a great backstory that you would like to share, let me know. And I'd be happy to do a one-on-one interview with you as all. Uh, and season two, Roll with the Cowboys. Michelle, man, she's just taking... She's on top of the DA Gonzalez, Arthur Idala, my father. I mean, I don't know what she's got. I think she's got something on everybody that they're, uh, she's convincing everyone to go listen to her, but whatever it is. So thank you all so much for participating. Please give me feedback. Shoot me an email. You know, let me know what you thought of the roundtable, uh, what you'd like to see in the future, how we can as a community make it even better. Um, even as far as did you like the one-on-one with me and the person talking? Should we have a full screen with everybody? Should everybody talk with each other one at a time. These are all things we're going to sort of work out and um, and try and make this really a benefit to the community to help us all be better lawyers, better family members, you know, better uh, better people in general. So I thank you. Uh, I'd ask you to let others know about the roundtable next time the email blasts come out. Share it. Ask them to join it. Encourage people to be panelists. Uh, please share my podcast. Go on and like it and share it and send it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all on the next roundtable and on the next episode of The Mentor ESQ. Uh, Thank you all. And we're going to sign off right now. Take care.